My name is Terry Messenger. work with high achievers that have an innate sense that they are called to impact the world. Greetings, 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 and welcome to our addition to this live mini masterclass where I bring only the best of the best of them through into my genius zone and today i've got a really special treat because i've got a beautiful lady who is backstage waiting to come on board and really share some juicy gold nuggets if you love to be able to go into that blissful state of yoga meditation then you are going to love this this lady rebecca she is a international certified life coach and also a yoga instructor so she will be able to bring lots of gold nuggets um, to this space and i just ask you to grab yourself a drink in my case it's coffee and uh, sit back relax and enjoy Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hey, I have my water here, so I'm good to go. Oh, and I have my coffee, so I'm even more good to go energetically. I have two cups of coffee every single day. And uh, it used to be six, but I have, I'm a convert, so all good. But water, definitely better. So, Rebecca, where are you? I live on the Sunshine Coast in paradise. Oh, my favourite place. I love. I went up there and visited with my husband a few years ago before the borders decided to rudely lock down on us. Um, what a glorious place and space, yeah. So, especially for your work. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to really, you know, obviously you're an um, international certified coach and you're also a in you know a yoga instructor so what comes first the chicken or the egg ah it's funny actually i studied to be a yoga teacher not because i wanted to teach yoga but i just loved yoga and loved the philosophy and so i thought if i undertook the teacher training i would just get a deeper understanding and i even said no i don't need to do the business modules i'm never going to be a teacher until I did my actual practical exam and the response that I got from everybody was like, no, you've got to find time to teach. This is amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I will. And then they said, but, you know, yoga brings up a lot of emotions, especially if you're holding poses and, you know, your students may want to come and talk and debrief afterwards, but it's not really ethical because you're not trained. So you probably should refer them on. And I'm like, no, that's that's the best bit is talking about everything that comes up. I'll go get trained. So I did. That is amazing. Oh, what a story. You know, that just I love this is what I love talking about with other coaches because it kind of brings up things for me. And, you know, it makes me realize that when I started out, because I know backstage we were talking about niche and, you know, a lot of people, especially gifted coaches like yourself, we hate that word because we know there's so much more we can give. 
and it is a very holistic element. Um, and yet, you know, my story is a little bit similar when I think about it. When I first went into being a practitioner, I wasn't actually going to become a practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. My husband actually recommended it to me before we were married to clean up my life because I was in such a state. And so I did it for me. And it was in that point that I just, it was like duck to water stuff. And, you know, I realised that they were certifying me as well. So here I am there loving it, drinking it in and then being certified. Um, and really, you know, I, I believe that if we are good at something, like you say, it, it sounds like a real uh, natural evolution for you. Like firstly, being in that yoga, um, holding those poses, being told how it can bring these emotions out. And then hearing that, well, you know, um, you need to be certified and, and then going from there. So my question is, um, what do you think it is about being in a position where you're in this beautiful, because I love yoga, I have to tell you, like, I mean, you'd laugh at me if you watched me doing it, but I love it. And so I'd, I'd really love to know, what is it about the yoga pose, like I know that a lot of the restorative, you know, deliberate holding and, uh, you know, just really tuning into the body. What is it about that that releases emotions, do you think? I What I love about it is the fact that especially hip openers where we store a lot of tension and emotion, so my theory is, is that whenever something comes up in your life, a difficulty, a trauma, something that you even need to process, an argument with somebody, if it's not dealt with, we tend to squish it down in the body. And that actually happens a, a lot because we either don't have the tools to know how to deal with it in the moment or we live these hectic lives where it's like, I just don't have time for this right now. And instead of putting it in a nice little box and saying, I will deal with this tonight, you know, when I can sit down and journal it out, we just squash it down in the body. And so this mm -hmm. is where I personally believe, you know, that you've heard maybe the saying dis-ease. When you have dis-ease in the body, it creates disease. It creates the tension. It creates the back pain. It creates the cancer. And so when you're holding in a pose and you're allowing your body to actually just be and express suddenly all of this stuff that you've pushed down there physically, like when we push an emotion down, it has to come out somewhere. If it doesn't manifest out through cognitive talking and working things out, then it's going to manifest somewhere in the body. And mm. so through doing yoga, I know that a lot of people do it because they do lead such busy lives. I remember once hearing on the Ellen show that she was a kickboxer and she's a type A personality and she loved that. And they actually said to her, no, if you're such a go-getter and a high achiever and a type A, don't do kickboxing. That's already in your realm. You need to balance yourself out by doing yoga and slowing down and slowing down the body, slowing down the mind. Mm. And so... That's what I find so fascinating is that you get people in here who say, I can't do yoga, I can't, st I can't stop long enough to do yoga, and it's like you're the person who needs it the most. Yes, I love that. Can you talk to us about uh, this type A, type B, and how we know um, oh. which one we are? And perhaps you can qualify me. I can be your subject. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, for me, I guess it would be asking questions like, what is important to you in life? Can I answer? If you're my subject, what is important to you? I would love to be. Are you happy for that? Because, like, let's do a hot seat and show off your skills. Sure. Why not? Okay, cool. All right, so can you ask me that question again? <laughs> no, it's normally I send my clients a, a quiz and we work on their values as to what is it that's important in life for you. Okay, success. There is no doubt about it, success. Okay, and how However, do you define oh, Sorry, I just I want to say something because this came to me this morning. Um, there is a prerequisite um, so, in other words, there's there is something that is above that, and it to me though it's an it's more of an evolutional thing where it's a natural blessing in my life, but health and the health of my loved ones and you know really their longevity and my own health and longevity um, that is that is here, and you know that's. That's what I want to happen and then the success is what I strive. Gotcha. Okay. And what I find really interesting because I actually grew up in Canberra and Canberra has a completely different energy to the Sunshine Coast. And so returning back there for a holiday, I really noticed that, you know, it's a generalisation, but people in Canberra define success very differently to people on the Sunshine Coast. So how is it that you define success in your life? Oh, that's a great question. That's, that's out of the mouth of a great coach um, because, yeah, it's uh, gen very generalised, the word success. So uh, somebody did ask me, a client said to me, well, you're, you're saying that you're running a success seminar. What does that mean to you? And I went, that means when you're loving what you do and you're doing what you love. Um, and I believe that for me it is in my calling, in my work and just, yeah, just being, I mean, totally, epically, uninhibitedly, wildly, unashamedly successful. See, that's wonderful. Whereas, you know, if I was to post that question to perhaps a, a very stringent type A personality I was talking to in Canberra, success is money. How much money do you have? How big is your house? What kind of car you drive? It's a very outward display of what success is. I'm working on those values. I'm still working on that. And, and that's, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Everybody mm -hmm. can have their very own definition of success, but a lot of people sometimes don't even think about what, what am I striving for? What is my mm -hmm. definition of success? And is that in alignment with what my values are? You know, my values are adventure and connection and fun and growth. I love to learn and grow. But when I go back to Canberra and I put myself in the mindset of the people around me, I go, oh, maybe I'm not a success anymore because I'm not striving for the money and I'm not striving for the, the business accolades. And then I come back here and I look through a different lens and go, no, I am wildly successful, like you said, because I am living life in complete integrity with what my values are. Mm, yes, love it. Yeah. And getting to be a coach, like getting to do this as my job, mm. it's just I find it magical. And to spend my day 
all day, every day, focusing on getting other people to up-level their life in whatever that looks like for them. When I use the word up-level, it might be for somebody to get a promotion and to have, you know, a better job and no judgment. There is zero judgment in coaching. But another person up-leveling might be wanting that deeper connection with their husband and children. Sure. I, I totally, totally get that. And, you know, um, when, when I'm going through people's why, um, I'm, I'm actually looking for their mission and their, which is probably a completely different scenario than type A, type B, so we'll come back to that in a second. But the, as, as I'm taking them down, what I find is at the very bottom level where we get to their core, it's something that's happened to them in their life where it's really broken them and it's like they're stood up and they've done the whole Wonder Woman stance, you know, no deal, I am not going to let this happen anymore. And they become like um, that that person of conviction, like Oprah Winfrey, mm -hmm. you know, like the big leaders of the world. So they, because of that. So that's kind of like how I find people's value system. So tell me more. What, what other questions would you ask me around knowing my type? Or do you already know which type I am? Oh, no, no, no. I would still keep asking questions and be chatting to you through all the different coaching sessions. But so we've got the how do you define yourself as success? And then, you know, other questions are, you know, what kind of things do you love doing? Okay. I actually love creating. Um, mm -hmm. I, If I'm talking in my leisure life, I would say I, I, I actually love music. I love dance. I love personal development. Um, I love anything that really feeds my mind and grows me. That I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that's probably what I love. But, you know, I also do what I find that when I am helping people to grow, expand and rise and when I'm healing them, I am, that is totally energising me. Like I've had people say to me, doesn't that kind of like, oh, deplete you, like dealing with people all the time and helping them? I'm like, no way. That's what energises me. Yeah, 100%. And do, do you at all in this kind of work consider yourself to be a perfectionist? Mm. Oh, what a question. Um, you know, there's so many elements about me. Uh, I'm a real enigma because, you know, my husband's got a nickname for me, right, before I answer this, and it's he calls me RSB. Now, it involves a swear word, but I'll just, I'll just uh, you know, censor the swear word. It's rip, shiz and bust. And he reckons it's I just get in there, I just do it, and bam, wham, it happens. And I suppose from my past, I have been an epic failure. Like I've had so many shortcomings and, and failures through my jobs and, and, and school in so many elements that I think I, I built this resistance. But here's the enigmatic part. Um, and I was just saying this to him, interestingly enough, before our interview. I'm saying that I can see all the things that are not working right now. And I'm actually going, this is not working and this is not working and this is not working. I don't want, I don't want to talk about it publicly because I don't want to offend anyone. But it's because I'm so hell-bent on getting it perfect. 
and you know and and then you know and, and my husband's a great supporter so he'll go well you need to do something about it and instead of kind of pulling me away and asking me a coaching question he sort of jumps in and stokes up the fire and then I and then I go into coaching mode then I it's funny because at that point I stepped back and I went you know what I think I'm being a perfectionist I think I'm expecting too much and I really feel like I'm not seeing the all the things that are working because there's so much there's so many grand things happening in my business right now and in my life but I'm not seeing that Rebecca I'm not going oh wow you know I've got this beautiful brand that is building and I've got this amazing you know all these elements that are going on in my life and I'm healthy and my family's healthy I'm not focusing on that I'm focusing on all the things that are wrong yeah it's really funny I just made a Facebook live on this because it came up on a TV show and I love when you get just nuggets of like yes remember this from the most random places the line was a, a very old sort of fashion line speak of the devil and he shall appear and I just instantly went oh thank you for the reminder because the more we speak about what's not going right the more we get what's not going right I needed to hear that today, girl. Thank you. Yeah, yep. and we do that. And it's it almost became so two things I was going to say. Back, I think, well, certainly when I was in my schooling, it was almost like this badge of honour to be a perfectionist and to be, and that's what I consider like Miss Type A and I've got my to-do list and I'm diligent and I get it done and I'm an achiever and I strive and everything's done perfectly. And it's like the teachers are all like, big tick, you go. So we were praised for being Type A personalities. And then the other thing as well, what we were just talking about, about that is when, I don't know whether it is just a woman thing, I don't want to offend any men, but it seemed to be like it was almost this, it's what we did. We got together and we bitched. Bitched and moaned about our lives, mm. sorry to swear. But, it's you know, true. it's almost like it was this point where I realised one day sitting with people, it's like, is this a who can outdo each other with how crap things are going on in our lives? Like, what, are we yeah. winning a medal here on who can, <laughs> yeah. So true. And, you know, and then plus the saying, I'll never forget this, the bitch will be bitched. I remember hearing that and I'm like, whoa. But I also remember something else. And this is like, you know, one of the things I've always been is just that counsellor, that epic ongoing counsellor from when I was like seven years old. Okay. And, you know, when I when I was like before pre um, being a practitioner, I used to run these um, groups for ladies and it was called Storm in a Teacup. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And, you know, it, everybody would kind of bring their issues to the table and then, you know, I was studying a Bachelor of Ministries so I would pray and, you know, evangelise and do all this this great stuff and they just loved it. I would go away on vacations and really it was just a kind of like a little glimpse of where I was going in my life. And one day a lady came up to me and she said, Terry, I've got a confession. And I went, oh, okay. And she goes, I don't want you to tell anybody this, but she had the most epic stories. Oh, my gosh. Her problems, her complaints and her woes were so big that it was almost, you know how you hear the saying, it's too good to be true? 
well, this was too bad to be true. It's like, oh, my gosh, how can this be happening to you? Like so much. She told me she deliberately did it. She goes, when I get together with all those women, I deliberately um, just amp up all the stuff and I just say all this stuff and I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. You know, this is you get to hear and know all these little patterns about people, right, and all the idiosyncrasies from the subconscious. And I said, well, what was the purpose? What do you think is the purpose that you're actually doing that? And she said, I feel like it's going to gain me love connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, huh? There's there's always a motive behind everything. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, as much as, you know, sometimes we can't see it if we're on the receiving end, there's normally a positive motive behind it. So behind mm-hmm. her being negative was a positive of I want to get love and connection. Mm-hmm. I remember being that in my 20s. I mean, I was really successful at a young age and I made a lot of money and I was going on great holidays and building a fantastic dream house and I remember that that was a a distance that was starting to grow between friends and I remember you know going to Europe and then going oh and I suppose you're staying in a hotel and it's all fancy and I remember going oh but the hotels won't be that good and and you know like trying to dumb my life down to my friends yeah the old Australian thing too the underdog and everybody's supporting the underdog and so many people feeling afraid to rise like you know as much as there's a fear of success it's like man maybe there's a subconscious fear with me but it's certainly not conscious Um, but then in some people like I had a coach like you know because I'm dealing with quite self-aware highly achieving women and she said to me it's not success that I, it's not failure, sorry, that I fear, Terry. It's success. I'm like, okay, there you yeah. go. It's that, beautiful, that beautiful Marianne Williamson quote, which I don't want to butcher here, but it's, yeah, it's the, the yeah, we're not afraid of our shadow, but we're afraid of how infinitely wonderful that we possibly are. Oh, that's amazing. I love Marianne Williamson. I she wish I could remember it verbatim. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so too. So, um, okay, do you know which type I am yet? Oh, like you I love the word that you used, a bit of an enigma. I think that you're a recovering type A personality. Okay, tell me about that. So what I see a lot in my clients is they will come to me as type A's, as so super harsh on themselves, never thinking that what they do is good enough, having a to-do list as long as time itself and then berating themselves for not getting through the to-do list. And then sometimes that can manifest in them being quite harsh on their partners or quite harsh on their kids. And the reason why that's coming out is like they're not even nearly as hard on other people as they are on themselves. And through the work we do together, and starting to bring in some self-love and compassion and, you know, like um, one of the yoga sutras is yoga is about restraining the fluctuations of the mind. Your mind will tell you stuff all day long and it doesn't mean that you need to listen to it. So when I teach my clients about that and they learn to be the witness to their thoughts and witness that how the hell are these thoughts serving me, 
they become a recovering type A personality because they then start to bring in some compassion about themselves. And they know that they're achievers, but they start to pull back on, well, exactly how far do I need to achieve? And they start to bring in, what do I love doing, like you said, with what are the things that you actually enjoy bringing into your life? And start to just I guess, calm down on themselves a little bit. That is so good. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, 100%. You know, nothing was ever good enough for me. And I have definitely, really, the self-love is where the recovering. And I think what you've just alluded to, which has really brought light to me, is that maybe now I need to ease up on my expectation of, you know, what's outside of me as well, you know, with other people that may be serving me or helping me or doing those elements because my my expectations are so, 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 so high. Um, but it's just, it's really just keeping it real. And, you know, one of the things that I, I need to really go back to all the time, and it's the name of this show, it's the name of this podcast, and that is each and every person's zone of genius, their genius zone, because you've got something that I haven't and the same vice versa. And each and every one of us that have got these pearls and, and, and gold nuggets, and this is, this is my passion behind this show too, because someone's going to hear you and they're going to go, wow, I need, to, I need to learn more about this. I need to do this. And they're going to they're going to reach out to you. And that's what it's about. You know, it's not about attracting the wrong people. And I think there's a lot of coaches that are trying desperately to just attract anyone and everyone. Um, and that's, that is not really what the magic comes when you magnetically show up in front of someone like how you are with me, when you are in front of someone that you just get that you just totally align with and that changes everything but it also it, there's a big there's a high um, level of payoff here and a high price to pay because in doing that you also polarize so it almost means that you're polarizing people and you know but the people that you are attracting to yourself it's almost like my last podcast, I was talking to a woman who is into healing um, the broken and the wounded, and then she talks about the spiritual and sexual healing side of it as well. And she says, unless we allow ourselves to heal, how can we possibly really meet that right person? And it's better to be I think with nobody than the wrong person, maybe. But you know, to be with that, you know, to 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 ha have the stars align. I'm not doing anything for her specific zone of genius, um, but maybe people have already heard that and watched that by now. Um, so, okay. So now, what I'd love to do is give you the stage for about a moment, and. I thank you, by the way, for even giving me that gold nugget just in a short time, you know, because I, I really think you're spot on. Um, can I just ask you, though, what would it take for me to really, like, transition or where would I be best to be in the, the type A or the type B? And can you recommend anything that I ought to do to kind of 
help my high expectation woman come back down to reality. <laughs> gotcha. Again, with the no judgment, if being a type A personality works for somebody, then great. But personally, myself and seeing my clients, it quite often leads to burnout. Like we were coming back to the whole yoga thing, the stress of being that high and holding yourself to that higher standard and having all of that striving and achievement and hustle, you know, it comes into the whole masculine feminine energy. If that isn't you, then you burn yourself out. And I ended up with chronic fatigue and adrenaline fatigue and everything because of myself. Like I have nobody else to blame but myself. Stress is fighting against what is. And it was my brain constantly fighting against my life. I don't like it. I'm not happy. I'm not, you know, exactly what you were talking about, focusing on nothing but the bad. And so it was learning through yoga, coming into myself, coming into meditation, coming into, coming from a Bikram yoga class, if anybody's ever done it, that was the very first yoga that I tried. And that's mirrors. And you're competing with yourself every single time and the people next to you coming into then a traditional yoga studio there's no mirrors it doesn't matter if your warrior is not perfect it doesn't matter what the hell it looks like what matters is how do you feel and mm. so really coming out of the head and into the body and that's where i love yoga and that's where i love working with my clients is let's get out of your head so just because you know something has happened in your life like you need to do some work on your business it's all about what are your thoughts about it if your thought is i love it i can't wait to get into it my group's growing so fast this just energizes me it's fantastic then you will feel empowered and the actions you will take from empowerment will lead towards the result you want, which I'm guessing is like a group of wonderful people who you're helping in the world. But again, if you have things to do in your business and the thought about that is this is shit, I'm not doing it properly, it's not perfect, I'm not putting anything out, I can't do this, then the feeling you're going to have is really disempowered and not feeling good about it. And my guess is you probably don't even want to show up in your business because it's a form of stress and anger and it's just like, oh, I can't do this. And the result is your group doesn't grow. So the exact same circumstance, different way of thinking, completely different result in your life. I love that. That is so good. I, I trust that there's lots of coaches and talented people out there, high achievers that are really listening to this because I, I believe what you just did is you just answered all the questions that I had and just double down on it in like one short minute. So thank you so much, Rebecca. I have one more question and then I'm going to ask you about how obviously people can get in touch with you. Um, I'm curious, uh, do you bring um, your yoga practice into your life coaching as one? Do you have a program where you've bundled or packaged that up together or is it two separate things or can you tell me about that? Sure. That's definitely something I've been thinking about. But at the moment, my life coaching is purely one-on-one -on -one and it is tailored to exactly what the client needs. So I do have some clients who want to work on their spirituality. You know, they've come from a place which I get, you know, I'm half Polish. My family had like holy water that you had to bless yourself with when you walked in their house. And I do not believe in organized religion. So therefore, I'm like, I don't have any spirituality. And that's just not true. I just don't believe in that particular religion. So I had a brand new client today who was saying, 
one of the things I'd like to work on with you is my spirituality. I don't believe in God, but I believe there must be a connection to something. And then I have another client who is has a very high level executive job and I do a lot of leadership coaching with her and it's a very gentle gentle approach because she's like oh too much woo too much of the woo <laughs> I love that so that's so good so you meet people really where they're at yeah. and I believe that really is just the music of what subconscious coaches like yourself and myself do where there's just this dance of life of where people come in it's not a structure we we may have an invisible organized um, structure and I know that I had to work on that developing the master key which I'm the founder of that master key but the reason what the reason that I developed that structure is because I was just flowing with where the person was and so as I was taking them through I had to bring it into conscious competency almost because how do people know what I'm doing as a trainer I might be showing them a, a pattern where they can break a bad habit or a pattern where they can harness in their confidence and power or a pattern where they can go back to even ancestral lineage and totally heal and dissolve their past right um, but what I formed in the master key was this beautiful kind of like symphony orchestra of all of the best of the processes woven together in one, which is why I call it the white glove of transformation. And it allows this, this dance, like you're saying, so that if you do have a client, like you say, that turns up and says, this is what I need, then you can deliver. I, I, I love what you've brought to our audience today. And is there, if you had one piece of absolute gold nugget that you could give to the high achievers out there, the women that are, and the men who are perhaps burning themselves out, trying to get it all right, can I ask what would be your solid suggestion? Oh, like so many. <laughs> I'm trying to narrow it down. Um, oh, I'm going to go with meditation. And I'm going mm -hmm. to go with the fact that most high achievers will say, can't do it. Just can't do it. I don't meditate. Don't, can't stop my brain. It's not about that. What it's about is bringing mindfulness in. So when you sit down and close your eyes and your brain goes ballistic, offering you a thousand thoughts at once, that is the work of meditation, but you detach from them. You watch them and you can use beautiful visualization, like pretending they're like a cloud going past you. You can pretend like they're a car driving past. I pretend that they're a movie screen and I watch my I little. Thoughts a V8 engine, you know, Rebecca. Sorry. <laughs> I think my thoughts have got a V8 engine. But you watch them, you accept them, you say, I see you, but then you let it zoom past like a V8 and then you wait, the next one's coming and then that one zooms past, then you wait, the next one zooms past and as you build a muscle, it is a muscle, slowly you'll start to see that there's actually gaps in between the V8. Mm -hmm. That is your golden nugget. That is the moment of stillness and clarity and when you can get enough gaps because you're watching them, Holy hell, is that life true? Oh, I can't even speak to how wonderful that is. 
I love that. You know what I was visualizing? You kind of put me into a trance just then. I'm I'm like literally I, I just thought about it when you were saying it because I've got my daughter says that I'm like the road runner. I get up yeah. in the morning and I'm like, go, 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 go. And then I go to sleep and, and I'm gone, you know, and then I wake up and I'm <laughs> so even from the moment that I'm awake, I'm like, as soon as you said that, um, I'm picturing like if I'm talking a car, I'm talking like a, you know, GT shaker or something that's very fast going past. But then as you were talking, I then got the space and then along came the Rolls Royce. Now, isn't that divine? Oh, thank you. It's just that, you know, and I think it's the Dalai Lama who says, I meditate an hour a day unless I have a really busy day and then I meditate two hours. Oh, because, wow, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, because it's the slowing down. And like I said, it's a muscle and you practice. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights. You have to mm. keep practicing this mindfulness of slowing the brain down. And to me, in those moments of stillness is complete self-love. And that's where you learn to then have compassion for yourself, not be so harsh on yourself, and your whole life starts to change. I love that. And, and Anthony Robbins says something very similar too, except he says it, that if you haven't got 10 minutes a day to stop, meditate and switch off and, and deal with yourself, you haven't got a life. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, thank you so much. I could talk to you all day. I've loved this conversation. So how on earth can people get to you and find you? One platform, please, and then you can drop all your links in the um, comments after. Sure. They can get to me through all of your usual channels. So my company is called The Belief Edit. So I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that you can join. I'm on Instagram. I have a website. All of it is just The Belief Edit because that's mm. what I believe. It's all about editing those beliefs that you just think oh. are fact. Get rid of them. Your whole life changes. That is incredible. How clean is that, guys? So I don't think that's going to be too hard for you to find the beautiful Rebecca. Can you stay backstage and I'll see you in just a moment. And I just want to thank you so much for adding so much value to the audience. You are welcome. Namaste. Namaste. What a beautiful, beautiful lady. And, you know, that is even with myself, it's sometimes it's just great to be able to bounce off someone who's like-minded and, and can really put things into perspective. And so as she drops those links, feel free to get in contact. And what I'd like to say to you also is if you are wanting to tap into your zone of genius, if you are wanting to heal yourself so that you can rise into epic, wild, uninhibited success, then contact me. Who knows, you may end up on this show as well. And I really just wish you the greatest day. And until our show next week, I will see you soon. Bye for now.